Welcome to Liberty Monks Podcast. James Mundy here with Mike Mundy. How are you tonight, Brother Mike? I am simply amazing, my brother. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, brother. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great night. It's awesome. Uh, we've got a, an awesome guest to, to talk to and have a conversation with, and I'm excited uh, to introduce him. So uh, our guest tonight is Stop World Control founder, David Sorensen. David holds a master's degree in media and communication from the University of Science and Arts in Ghent, Belgium. He has written eight books and built numerous websites, uh, reaching millions of people worldwide over his career. Um, his in-depth media training uncovered shocking truths about worldwide suppression of real science and the imposing of deception onto the world's population through the complete controlling of universities, schools, and media. Um, now, for two decades, David has had a Christian ministry in Europe where he started to investigate widespread Christian doctrine by studying the scriptures that are strictly forbidden in the religious establishments. And at this time, he awakened to the reality that those who challenge the religious establishment are smeared and slandered. Parlay that now into the COVID pandemic. When that all started, David saw the same, some of the similar or the same mechanisms to suppress and control information all over again with the suppression of sincere scientists, physicians, lawyers, and journalists who were legitimately trying to point out serious inconsistencies in the mainstream media all over the world. So to help others everywhere research and discover truth, he founded StopWorldControl.com. He is with us this evening. David, welcome to Liberty Monks, brother. Thank you very much, man. Absolutely. Um, now, so David, we, we, we met, I called you and you called me back and we had a great conversation. I was totally not expecting um, the things that you said, and I wasn't expecting to meet somebody that I just seemed like I had a great connection with, but it was awesome. You called me back and you also mentioned that you really don't do these interviews and um, you're so busy and you have so much going on that you really don't do this, but you decided that you wanted to do this one with us. And we were, I was super excited for that news, um, and I'm excited that you're taking the time with us tonight. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. And you know, it is funny indeed that I've had so many invitations the past years, and every time I felt, no, don't do it, focus on what you're working on, you know, that'll reach far more people. Mm. And, and you know, there's so much chaos, so much information, there, there's so much going on, and I, I felt God tell me you have to focus you know do what you know you have to do and that'll have the most impact but when you sent me your voicemail i don't know i just had this feeling like hey i have to call this guy <laughs> and i have to do this interview and then we had a conversation that was two hours or something and it was just <laughs> we did <laughs> it was just just yeah divine <laughs> it was amazing and then i knew okay god is going to do something with this so so that's interesting. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited as well, brother. Um, and it was great. Uh, like I said, some of the things you told me were just eye popping and, um, you know, uh, to hear some of those things was just, it just kind of takes you back. And some of it was just it's, uh, incredible to hear and somewhat tough to hear. Right. Um, and I don't know how much we'll get into of all of that tonight, but, um, you know, we, we, you know, the way that we kind of run things here is we don't want to give you the floor, but we do have some questions. And one of the things I wanted to ask you was kind of just lead into this is that, you know, we are told by the people, um, you know, we elect leaders, right? They represent us in various branches of government. And we're told that we elect those people. Um, we are also told that the education system merely teaches facts and skills to prepare the youth for the workforce. We're told yeah. that yeah, we're told that science exists to better mankind and cure illness. We're also told that the media objectively presents the truth. 
Is yeah. any of this reality, David, or is the is the is all the world a stage, brother? <laughs> yeah, you know, I actually recently posted something on on as a comment on Facebook, and I, and you know, I'm going to repeat that here that the only way for us to understand this world properly is to understand that we are being fooled, and I have to take uh, our audience back. In history and you know I, I, I want to invite all of you and maybe you can insert a picture here but mm-hmm. I, I've been thinking about this too we have to in, in envision in our mind the paintings that we all know from the rulers in the past who are that you know astronomically rich they have all these royal clothes on uh, they are you know they, they live in castles and they rule the people they own the people, the, pay, the people pay them taxes, and they literally own the population, which they call, you know, the peasants. And they don't work. They don't do anything. They use the people to feed them so that they can live in exuberant uh, wealth. Um, and, you know, we are told that that is history, but I've come to the conclusion that nothing has changed. Now, the same guys, they don't wear those white, curly, you know, um, how do you call that? Fake hair? Like the wigs? The wigs. Yeah. So, so nowadays, they don't wear those wigs. They don't have the big royal red robes with the white dots on. They don't, you know, they are in suits now. They, 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 they don't visually uh, look so much different anymore. But now, instead of living in the big castles and palaces, we have to look at the skyscrapers. That's where they dwell. That's where they operate. And so nothing has changed. Only the visuals have changed. But what we have to understand, and this is what really became clear to me when I was working with uh, uh, the lawyer Reiner Filmich, I, I, I made a transcription and a summary of his grand jury where he interviews experts from um, the British Secret Service, from the British Navy, from the CDC, from Pfizer, uh, uh, experts from the World Health Organization, from the United Nations, from the British government, from the American um, Marine Force, etc. He he interviews all these top-level, high-level experts from those very organizations that rule the world. And these guys, especially uh, from the British Secret Service and the British military, they explain that the city of London is a small area in the heart of London. It's not London itself. You have London, and inside of London, you have the city of London. The city of London is the financial heart of the world. They have the beautiful, you know, those those beautiful skyscrapers. They that is only about one and a half square miles, but it's a sovereign state that is not submitted to the laws of the country. It's not submitted to the parliament. It's not submitted to the a British royal family. Instead, it reigns and rules over them. The city of London is the financial heart of the whole world. That's where you have the British elite. That's how they are called. 
the British elite. This guy, this whistleblower from the British elite in the grand jury, and people can download this transcript and this summary. It's very clear, amazingly mind-blowing and eye-opening. They can download it on my website, stopworldcontrol.com. It's free. This insider from the British elite, he was raised, born and raised and trained, educated within the British elite. He says that they literally have, you know, they've always had a vision for world domination. We all know that the British Empire in the past tried to rule the whole world. Mm-hmm. It is from the British Empire that the founding fathers from America broke loose. They resisted that diabolical tyranny. They broke loose from it. They came to America and they founded a new country, which is totally unique in the world. There's nothing, nothing, nothing that even comes close to the foundation of America. A nation that was literally born from hearts of people who resisted the satanic elite that wanted to dominate humanity. And they said, we are going to birth a nation that we submit to the most high God, to the creator of all life. This is the foundation of America. And of course, there are other other influences, but this is the very essence. And these young men, they gave their life. They gave their blood. They gave, you know. Some lost their families, some lost all their possessions, some were murdered for this goal. America was born as a nation from the hearts of people who gave their life for freedom, who gave their life for God. They said, this is a nation under God, not a nation under the British elite. Okay, this is extremely significant. This is extremely significant. And I'm saying this as a European who was sent to America five years ago. So I'm not an American nationalist. I'm not, you know, I am a European guy. But this is what I've learned. And and this is what is explained in the grand jury evidence that the British elite have always wanted to rule all of humanity. And today they still literally own Canada. Um, Of course, the entire United Kingdom, uh, 19 nations in Africa, um, India, um, New Zealand, and Australia. Those are nations. So this answers your question. Mm-hmm. You asked me, what should we think about the elections? There are no elections. Elections are part of the puppet theater to give people the illusion that they they have something to say, that their voice counts. But this insider from the British elite, his name is Alex Thompson, he says that when you have intellectual capacity and when you come forth from the British elite, then either they put you to work in the secret services, which we are told, you know, secret services like CIA or mm-hmm. MI5 from England or or uh, the Israeli um, Mossad, you know, they tell us that they are here to keep us safe. They tell us that they are here to protect us. The exact opposite is true. The secret services are literally the brain, the military brain of the elites to work towards complete world domination. They are the ones, the CIA has provided the technology for Facebook and Twitter, 
so that those platforms could be used to control the minds of humanity and to spy on everyone, okay? And so this is what we have to understand, that these elites have refined their game. They have, they have, um, they have expanded their ways to abuse humanity and this guy, Alex Thompson, who was raised in the, the elites, he literally says that these people, they literally in their vocabulary talk about humanity as bugs or as cattle and as livestock. And so in the past, you see that you had slavery, okay? Public Certainly. slavery. So, and, and people were branded uh, with a brand just like cattle to show uh, I own you, you are my, I'm your master. Now, uh, you know, when, how can I say that? When the message of Christ came in our nations that abolished, you know, the kingdom of God abolished public slavery and public human sacrifice and, and all those things. But it never went away. It went underground and underground it started spreading. And they, they understood, okay, we can no longer, as in the past, we can no longer publicly enslave the people. We can no longer publicly abuse everyone and take as many taxes as we can. You know, I'm thinking of the movie Braveheart from Mel Gibson, sure. where in Scotland they rebelled against this tyrant. Every girl who wanted to marry was taken by this overlord and he first raped her and then he gave her to her future husband. That is, you know, yep. st stuff like that, that happened all the time. Sexual abuse is the number one hallmark of these elites and child sacrifice. And, you know, they are almost no humans. But so publicly, they can no longer do that. So they have been using techniques of brainwashing, manipulation, deception, uh, and also setting up a theater, a public theater. Oh, yeah, you, there are elections. Now you can uh, choose the person that will represent you. Bullshit. Complete nonsense. America is a corporation, is a commercial corporation. So, you know. I have to explain something real quick here. Sure. So America was born from the heart of freedom fighters who submitted America to God. And they wanted a nation where people could live in liberty, where there's no slavery. Later, the British elites found ways to once again invade America, infiltrate America through bribery and corruption and perversion and all sorts of ways. And they have set up Washington DC which is just like the city of London, it is yep. an independent state that is above the law of America and they run the United States in corporate. I'm from the Netherlands and Belgium. Those nations are literally businesses. They are corporations. The people are products. So if we understand that these elites and think back of the guys from hundreds of years ago, they publicly enslaved everyone. You know, and if you go further, 
the Egyptian pharaohs. They enslaved yeah. entire nations. You know, slavery has always been at the very heart of humanity. And at the beginning of this pandemic, uh, God spoke to me in a very clear voice. And he said, David, there are two forces on earth. First force is slavery. This force wants to enslave people in every imaginable way, emotionally, through inflicting emotional trauma, sexually, by addicting them to perversion, financially, by keeping them poor, in their health, by addicting them to sugar, industrial food, and all sorts of toxins. You know, even through, even in religion, it wants to enslave them to systems that not set them free, but that oppress them. So God told me the, the power of slavery is the one force in this world. It wants to oppress, abuse uh, humans in every possible way so that it can rule over them. And what is the motivation behind slavery? Using people for yourself. That is the definition of slavery. Mm -hmm. You use people, you, you take from them whatever you can. They have to do whatever you want them to do to enrich and empower yourself. That is slavery. On the other hand, God said the second force, that is me. And, and he said, that is the power of sonship. I raise people up as my sons. I set them free emotionally through emotional healing. I set them free financially by showing them how they can prosper. I set them free spiritually from, from evil spirits. I set them free from, from all kinds of addictions. I enforce and heal their identity. I show them who they are. I pour my love out over them. I, I wake up their creativity, their hidden giftings, their abilities. And I set them free to become sons of God who can live in freedom and who are expressions of every imaginable uh, life that is in God. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and, that opened my eyes. Suddenly, when God told me that, I understood everything that God has been doing for the past 20 years had to do with setting me free. Setting me free from false doctrines that have been injected into the church to make us ineffective and to make us slaves of systems. Setting me free financially, teaching me how to live healthy, teaching me not to be a slave of my work. You know, everything had to do... A, 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 a lot of inner healing, um, uh, being set free from from uh, spiritual bondages, and you know, etc., etc., etc. And I realized that that is what God is doing in this world. He wants to set people free from every imaginable bondage in every possible way, setting us free from our pride, setting us free from the slavery of fear, setting us free from from you know all the things that hinder us from rising up as the beautiful, powerful, flourishing, fruit-bearing, effective, life-changing, world-changing children of the Most High God. And that is the greatest fear of these elites. These elites, and I can talk about their spiritual roots, you know, Jesus told them, uh, you are seeds of the serpent, or of the reptile. He said, you are children of hell. He said, you are uh, snakes and vipers. So he literally spoke to those who were ruling over the people in ancient Israel, the Pharisees, and they posed as the ones who were doing good. They posed as the ones who were helping the people. But Jesus said, you are snakes, vipers, a synagogue of Satan. You guys 
are the offspring of the, the realm of darkness. And, but Jesus said, I am here to redeem and restore the offspring of the Most High God and to set them free and to launch them to be kings and priests with me, to restore humanity, to cast out evil. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but the, these powers, these forces, these elites, and if you go into the bloodlines, it all goes back to biblical times to, you know, to, I won't go into all of that, but there is a very a strong and clear uh, lineage that goes back through history where you can see that all these people, spiritually, they're all from the same lines that lead back to the same dark source. And so they have determined to, to, to push aside the rightful sons of the Most High God. I mean, God said to Adam, and this is a key. If people can understand this, their whole life will change immediately. When God created Adam, he said, let us make man in our image. And in the Hebrew, it doesn't say in our image in a sense of like that we would look like God. You know, Okay. It, in the Hebrew, it means, it means let us make man who will represent us who will be our ambassadors, who will be our image. They will be our reflection. So God wanted to have a family on the earth, children, sons and daughters who would express him in all of his creation, who would represent him, who would be his reflection, who would be like God. That's what the Hebrew means with make, you know, it actually means in Hebrew, image bearers when god said let's make man in our image it means let's make man who will bear our image who will reflect and represent us so god wanted a royal family he wanted a royal family on the earth and he said to adam he said now i give you authority to have complete dominion over everything that i have created everything he said you will reign you will be a king. You will have complete authority over all that I have created on the earth, that is. And, you know, so God invested something in man, some, you know, royalty. Royalty is installed in the very core of the people of God. That is our identity. That's who we are. And then you have the, the wicked, the evil ones, and they have... You know, just like today, it's the exact same thing with Biden and Trump. Biden is literally this metaphor, this classic example of the wicked who illegitimately reign by pushing the righteous ones aside. Okay. And this is what has been happening throughout history for thousands of years. That, you know, God said to his people, if you listen to me, if you walk in my ways, if you don't intermingle with the darkness, with the demon worship, with the human sacrifice of the other nations, if you walk with me by my spirit, in my love, in my goodness, in my kindness, in my purity, you know, humble and true, if you walk with me, then you will own the land. 
And it's, it's not talking about a piece of desert. It's talking about the earth. Christ right. said, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And all throughout the Psalms, David constantly says, the wicked will be removed from the earth and the righteous will inherit the earth. So God wants his children. And that's why Jesus said to his followers, he said, guys, I'm not, I mean, I'm paraphrasing now, but sure. he didn't say I'm here to set up a new religion. I'm here so you can, can, can uh, yeah, dress up in these weird clothes and, and build these massive buildings and, and you know, tell people how to live and what to do. What? No, he said, I am here to establish the rule and the reign of heaven on earth. And he called that the kingdom of God. And he said to the people the exact same thing. He said, if you turn away from your wicked ways, if you stop doing all this nonsense, stop listening to the false prophets, stop listening to all the lies and the deception, stop this and that, blah, blah, blah. He said a whole bunch of things. Yep. He said, if you repent from those wicked ways, then you will sit with me on the throne and reign with me just like I sit on the throne with the Father. So Christ did not come to set up some religion. He came to restore, to redeem and restore the purpose of the children of the Most High God that God created for the purpose of reigning on the earth. And the exact same thing we see all throughout Scripture. For example, when um, when the Hebrews were slaves, you know, slaves, they were enslaved by the demonic, illegitimate, wicked, dark entities who considered themselves to be God. Pharaoh thought he is God. And mm -hmm. today there are people in governments all over the world, people in media, people in, in all sorts of high positions that are direct descendants of those pharaohs from the same bloodlines, from the same spiritual lineage. They still consider themselves to be gods. And that's why they believe that they have the right to enslave all of humanity because they are better. They, they think I am, I am a divine being and I have the right to reign over this cattle that we call people. Well, some you of know, these some of these folks even come out publicly and say that you know when they say does God exist, they'll even say not yet, as if as if somehow with you know with this transhumanism stuff, somehow yeah. that God is going to be created through them. So I, don't, I mean, it's crazy. Them. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, but the heart of what I'm trying to explain, and I know that I'm shooting out a whole bunch of information that raises a <laughs> ton of right. questions, and that will just make some people go go berserk in their mind like what is he saying you know you know everything that the powers of darkness have been doing even in the church and through media and through education and through politics everything has always been to suppress the royal divinity that god has instilled into his children you know, the, the, the false humility in the church. Oh, you have to be poor. Oh, uh, we, we have to wait for a rapture. We are not here to, to rule and reign. No, that is pride or that is the blah, blah, blah. You know, everything is designed to shut up and shut down and bind and oppress and control those people that God has created, has redeemed by his own blood, that he has intended, he has anointed 
to become his authority on the earth, his representative, his image bearers, his family, his people, his children, his heavenly Jerusalem on the earth, his expression to bring healing and deliverance. And so the greatest fear of these satanic oligarchs is that the people of God would understand this. That is their greatest terror because they know the moment that the rightful rulers of the earth arise, they break loose from all the mindsets that, that oppress them, that control them, that, you know, it's for a reason that there is pornography on the internet because the, the rulers know that will disempower, it will disempower the sons of God. When they are addicted to, to our demons, there's nothing they can do. And I'm reminded of a time where I was in a youth camp and I, I, people asked me to, to, to speak there. And there was a young boy and he had demons. And yeah, because of the presence of God, he started manifesting his demons. And so he was rolling over the ground. He was doing all sorts of weird things, you know, and the youth leaders were trying to set him free from that evil spirit. And there was one youth leader there and he came asked me to help i knew that from this youth leader that he was struggling with pornography because he had reached out to me before and asked me to help him to get free from that he started praying for this young man to cast out the demon the demons are laughing at him and say who do you think you are i have control over you i own you and and you know, I, I don't know, ex I, I can't recall the exact words, but basically that evil spirit said, you think you're going to cast me out while you are addicted to my pornography that I feed you? Who are you kidding? You know, and that was for me such an eye opener. I was like, you know, pornography. And, 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 and toxic food and all sorts of stuff, you know, pride and entertainment that is full of darkness and violence and the occult. It binds people. It's like we enter your life, we poison your mind, we pervert your spirit, and then there's nothing you can do against us because you are owned by us. We have our chains all around you and you are our slave. So they have all these things, but the moment that a child of God breaks free from that and says, I am not what you say that I am. I am a royal prince from the most high God. And Christ died on that cross. He, he, he shed his blood for me. He gave his very life for me. He died for me so that I could be forgiven from these sins, so that I could be set free from these bonds, bondages and chains, so that I can be cleansed and set free. You know, when people are set free by Christ and start understanding that and start walking that out, then they become so powerful. And when they start learning to live in the spirit of God, you know, so, so many people, so many Christians, they are like, you know, they go to church and they sing these songs and they do the things and blah, blah, blah. And they have no power whatsoever. Because they, they don't realize that our enemies, and I'm saying so many things now, but I just trust that the Holy Spirit will, will just show those things to the right people mm -hmm. that, you know, who needs to know. But 
I've been talking recently to several people who literally were directly in relationship with not Joe Biden, the stupid, silly, dumb puppet that he is. Not people, not Bill Gates, who also is a dumb, stupid puppet. They were in touch with, the, with what is called the absolute rulers. There's this lady, her name is Natalie Augustina. She was uh, mind controlled and programmed by the CIA in four different programs. She was to be an assassin. She has killed several people. Uh, she was to be uh, a sex slave of the royal families and the very top of the elite. And she was also mind controlled and programmed to be a fashion model. So it, in the 80s, she was a world-famous fashion model. And okay. so she she went through all these mind control programs. And and she, be, she got to the very top of the elite, to the very top of the ones who rule this world. And she told me, David, there is this group of people who gather several times a year in Davos in Switzerland. Those are not the same meetings of the World Economic Forum. These are meetings from a whole different level. The, the World Economic Forum is a puppet theater to fool the rich, the businessmen, uh, the leaders of this world with, with shiny, beautiful words of sustainability, you know, green and, and inclusion and blah, 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 making a better world. They are the machine that hypnotizes ignorant stupid people who have a lot of money and influence and abuses them to be their puppets in the governments in the media in the business world in healthcare etc apart from the world economic forum this puppet theater this brainwashing entity above that you have other entities and this lady told me that she was in touch with what is called the absolute rulers and she said, these entities are not humans. She said, these entities, uh, I knew not, one, she said. Not that humans? Was, yeah, they're not humans. She said, you know, they don't know what they are. Um, she said, they, you know, she said that she knew one personally who was 830 years old. And she said, this is an entity. She said, they're hybrids. They're part human and part, part demon, you know, yeah, to use that vocabulary. And she said they keep themselves alive. And this can be very shocking for people. But if you research it, I have, mm. uh, I have a report on my website that shows that child sacrifice and Satanism uh, is at the very heart of these elites. Okay. So, and this is confirmed by, by former directors from the FBI and the CIA and, and the Marie Chausset and, and a gendarmerie and, and journalists and eyewitnesses and, okay. and surviving victims and whistleblowers who came forth. You know, all the evidence is right there that the ritual abuse and sacrificing of babies and children oh is at the very heart of, of those who are at the very top of the elite. So, but what she said is these entities, they keep themselves alive by eating the flesh of babies and drinking the blood of babies. That gives them so much power to their body that they can stay alive forever. And she said, these entities, 
they they can't stand daylight. You know, they always gather in the dark. And she said, when they gather, there is so much security. You know, the security we see with President Trump or other is nothing. They have entire armies that make sure that nobody gets in, nobody gets close. And they, those are the ones who are called the absolute rulers. And then I'm in touch with Ronald Bernard, who also was one who was directly in touch with the very top of the financial elite. He, he was a genius in moving billions and trillions of dollars. And there's an interview with him on our website. If people go to stopworldcontrol.com, they can see the interview with R Ronald Bernard. Yeah, he was, wasn't he big on currency trading? And, um... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was he was used by the elites because he was so good at what he did. He moved and and he says that in his in his position he saw that nothing in the world is what it seems. He said the terrorists were funded by the same people as the governments who were fighting the terrorists. So he says, you know, when you see the money flows, then you can see uh, how the world is being fooled and how the same sources are feeding the all the different entities. Anyway, he, he was also directly and personally in touch with uh, the very top of the financial elite. And he told me in a, in a phone conversation two weeks ago, he said, David, some of those guys were more than 2000 years old. And he said, they are called the absolute rulers. So, and he said, they are not humans. They are from a different uh, frequency. They are from a different dimension. And so when we read the Bible, then we see that in Genesis, it is mentioned that uh, perverted uh, heavenly entities that we simplify with the name or the word angels, you know, yeah, we call everything angels, but, but um, are you talking about the fallen angels? Yeah, the fallen angels. So the sons of God, they were called mm -hmm. heavenly entities, heavenly rulers. You know, uh, the book of Enoch speaks about watchers and the Bible speaks about watchers as well and about courts and about uh, lords and about gods and about all that. And then God is the God above all gods. He's the most high. He's the Lord of all the lords, you know. So there's a whole realm in the invisible world that we know nothing about. But Genesis 6 speaks about these fallen angels who came down and they, they had sex with uh, women because they were so beautiful. And from them came giants who were hybrids. And they demanded child sacrifice. They demanded the blood and the flesh of babies. This would be the and Nephilim, right? Say again? The Nephilim? Is that what you're talking about? That's in the Bible? Yeah, the Nephilim. Yeah, Nephilim is what or they're the called. Book of Enoch? Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Enochites. And David, uh, he literally killed one of those giants. And, you know, all of history mentions these giants. All of history you're mentions right. them. Even in America, the first pioneers came here and they found signs and graves and skeletons and, and, and you know, giants all over the place. But all the evidence was hidden in the basements of the Smithsonian. And it was all covered up and hidden from humanity. And that stuff's still there? The Smithsonian? It's still, you're saying there. It's, a... it's still there. If the army would march in and just delve up everything that's in the Smithsonian, we would be shocked what we see. What, what is the purpose of hiding that or, or from the population? What was their motivation? 
I don't know. I can only guess. Okay. I, I guess that, you know, one of the motivations, I think, would be that they have told the people the theory of evolution that we all come from yeah. apes. Oh, yeah. Giants don't fit in there. And that ruins their, uh, their narrative. It ruins the narrative. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's one, one reasonable motivation. But so I'm explaining all this to show that, mm. you know, all throughout the Bible, we see this demons, fallen angels, hybrids, you know, all this stuff. All throughout history, we see it. We see it in every culture. I was recently in Africa with my wife. And what we've seen there is crazy. You know, witchcraft and the demonic where people transform into animals, even in South America, even in America, right here where I am. Uh, I've heard that some Indian tribes still practice this, where the witch doctors are able to transform into animals. And, you know, there is a reality in the spiritual world that the elite knows everything about. They practice it. They're involved in it. They, they take advantage of it. They use it. But they blind humanity for it so that only they would be able to yield that power. You know, what's interesting and, as you're talking through all this is that, you know, we've all seen this in Hollywood movies, right? Which are fake. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, okay. So that's just very, I just, that just popped in my head. Like, you know, all your stuff you're saying, like it's, it's, that's what we see in the fake world. That's what the, that's what we see portrayed as, Hey, this is a movie and we're going to entertain you with yeah. a lot of the things that you just said. Exactly. They show everything in the movies. They show it all. I, I've known uh, a, a girl um, who, who was involved in Satanism and, and she was involved in many horrible things, you know, like, like uh, I'm not going to say everything, horrible, horrible things that we okay. can't get our head around. And she said that the demons that she knew and that she saw were exactly what was being shown in the Lord of the Rings. She said they looked exactly like that. Really, and yeah, and I, I mean, I've, 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 I've heard that so often from people all over the world. They, they, you know, vampires, vampires exist. I've seen people in Africa who gave their life to Christ after being a vampire, and they said that these, these African witch doctors gave them power to fly through the air, and then they, they went into people's bedrooms, they killed them, they, they sucked their blood, and that gave them demonic power to gain wealth, authority, and position. You know? Stuff like that. Yeah, okay. So well, it's that, very weird for us Western people. If you go to Africa, people are like, yeah, of course. You know? Really? Yeah, what are you talking about? It, it, it's normal. Here, people in the West, we have been made proud in our foolishness, in our complete and utter blindness and ignorance, we, we, people are so proudful. We know everything. You don't know shit. You're as blind as the hind end of a cow. That's, that's, that's pretty Dutch blind. expression. That's a Dutch, a Dutch expression. I'm translating <laughs> to English. Don't know if it makes any sense. <laughs> you, should, you should, you should trade, trademark that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the foolishness of the proudful stupidity of the people in the Western world is mind-blowing. They see demons on their video games all the time. They see them in the movies all the time. They read them in the books all the time. 
Mm-hmm. And when you tell them, do you know demons are real? They mock you and they laugh at you and they look at you as if you're crazy. Oh, while yeah. they watch them all day long, you know? And the elites laugh at that. But I'm just explaining these things to show that, you know, Ronald Bernard, he was a financial top money mover. And then they, they, they asked him to become, they asked him to go to the higher level where he will also own billions of dollars, but he had to sacrifice children and he couldn't oh, do that. What? He couldn't, yeah, he couldn't do that. And, and that's when he learned that in the financial world, the higher you go, he said, most of them are involved in this. And he says, it's a religion called Luciferianism. And so I, I, I'm explaining all this for a reason, not to freak people out, not to shock them, but to explain what I said earlier that I was talking about the sons of God who were created to represent the father. Jesus is called the firstborn. He's called our example. He's called the first fruit. Jesus said, when you walk with me and have faith in me, you will do more than I do. And what did he do? He cast out demons everywhere he went. He confronted Mm -hmm. the religious leaders and told them that they were vipers, snakes, and reptilians. Basically, that's what he basically said. He said, you are seed of the reptile, seed of the serpent. You know, and what all that exactly means, that is the whole topic by itself, but it speaks about, you know, in the Garden of Eden, God gave Adam and Eve complete dominion over his entire realm on the earth. He said, you are going to be my image bearers. You're going to be my children. You're going to to be my ambassadors. You're going to reign in this realm for me and with me. And later Christ redeemed them and repeated that. He said, you are going to rule and reign with me on the throne. You are kings and priests. You are a royal nation. You know, Mm -hmm. he didn't say you're to sit about in church doing nothing and waiting for a rapture. He said, you are sent to transform humanity, cast out evil, heal all the sick, end all the corruption, you know, establish my reign on the earth. And so, but in Eden, you had this entity that in our Bibles is translated as the serpent or the snake, but the Hebrew words for that is indeed serpent, but it is also divine revelator. So he was a divine revelatory entity who was present in Eden. And I can say a whole lot more about that, why he was there and why Eve didn't freak out when she saw him, but he tricked the rightful rulers over the earth into submitting to him so that they would lose their authority to reign. And from that moment on, they became slaves. That moment on, they had no authority to reign. And God had to restore that. He had to, he had to buy them from the realm of darkness. He had to buy them back. And that's why, why Christ died at the cross. He had to give his life, his blood, to redeem humanity from the grip of darkness from the grip of perversion and wickedness, from the evil rulers. And then Christ said, now it's up to you to rule and reign with me. And that's why Paul said, you are kings. That's why John says, you are kings and priests. That's why, that's why Daniel says, you are a nation of kings. He has made us kings. You know, it's, it's God has created his children to be his rightful rulers on the earth. 
the enemy, the power of darkness, the illegitimate ones, God has not appointed them. God has not called them or anointed them. But they have found ways to push the rightful ro uh, royal sons of God aside by wrong mindsets, by perversion, by sin, by all sorts of systems of oppression and deception so that they can rule in our place. And I believe that we are in a time now where God is removing that veil of deception in every possible way. And you see all over the world, you see countless ministries that are operating, for example, in spiritual deliverance to set people free from demons, in emotional healing to set people free from emotional bondage, um, in financial healing so people can learn to be fruitful and have influence. Um, there, people are being set free from wrong doctrines. You know, I'm just yeah, going to intersect that right here, okay. that the major infiltration in the church happened in the 19th century. Up till that time, the, the, the Christians, to put them, you know, the Bible doesn't speak about Christians. The word Christian is a man-made term. The Bible speaks about the sons of God, the children of the light, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the, the ambassadors of God. So let's call them the apostles or the missionaries. Apostles means they are sent, sent ones by Christ. Okay. Wherever they came, they abolished the rule and the reign of darkness. They started the first schools. They started the first orphanages. They started science. They started healthcare, the first hospitals. They gave honest wages. You know, they stopped all the public slavery, the public human sacrifice. All the evil and darkness that was ruling out in the open was abolished. And they created societies that were unheard of where people can walk and live free, where there's an abundance of food, where everybody has health care, where there is a, a judicial system. You know, before that, the evil rulers could just have their way. They tortured people publicly. They killed everyone on the marketplaces at will. They, 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 they set people on fire. They beheaded them. They stripped their skin off. They could do everything. They had their their magicians with them, you know, in South America, uh, in North America, in Europe, in Asia and Africa, all over the world. Everyone, every nation, every people were completely ruled and reigned by darkness. Human public sacrifice was the norm everywhere. In many cultures and nations, people were, were uh, buried alive or they were burned alive. You know, the, the Israelites, uh, they, instead of casting out that evil, God had to rebuke them time and again, and they refused to listen because they started doing the same thing, burning their own children, sacrificing them to demons, to a Molech, you know. Um, wherever these, these missionaries, these sons of God came, the, the followers of Christ, they ended all of that and they created societies. Every nation that became officially Christian has become a nation that flourished so amazingly. This was unheard of in the history of humanity. And of course, nothing was perfect still. It's all a work in progress. A lot had to be done still. 
but I'm talking about the heart of the matter, the essence, mm -hmm. the overall picture. We no longer sacrifice each other. We no longer go on Saturdays to the marketplace to see people being burned alive. We no longer have to pay 80% of our, our income to these overlords. We no longer have, you know, there is a level of well-being that was established. But the evil rulers weren't defeated completely. So they went underground. And as I said at the beginning, they started finding ways behind the scenes to yet again enslave everyone. You know, so, so Christians established elections, honest wages, healthcare. The, the wicked found ways to corrupt that and to abuse that. Okay. So anyway, so the people of God marched on very powerfully for about 1800 years. And we're talking according to the official historic narrative now. You know, I know that there's been messed with uh, history, mm -hmm. but, you know, there has been this constant marching on of the sons of God who were transforming humanity, who were, who were stopping the public sacrifices, stopping the demon worship, stopping all of that, stopping all the abuse and, and the oppression. And they started building societies based on God's principles. And again, all that was a work in progress, but I'm talking about the general picture. Sure. The Rothschilds are an example of the elite. They own the central banks in the 165 nations. They rule. They are part of the British elite. They rule over the crown of England. They rule over the parliaments. They are a very important family in all of this. And you have other families, but I'm using them as an example. Okay. The Rothschilds. They rose to power in the 18th century where they started lending money to royal families so that they could have power over them. They started um, owning all the gold and silver trade. They focused on one thing, becoming the wealthiest and most powerful family in the world. The, they were Satanists. There's a lot of evidence about that. I won't okay. go into the details. The Rothschilds financed a specific Bible in the 19th century that was published by Oxford Press. This Bible was called the Schofield Study Bible. Okay. Schofield was a convicted criminal. He was, con he, uh, he was in jail for um, forgery and for fraud. He had to escape to Canada for several years because he was wanted for his forgery and for his crimes. This criminal, this Cofield, this, he was a lawyer, but a corrupt one. He was chosen by the elites. They invited him to become a member. And all I'm saying is history. You can yeah, sure. look all this stuff up. He was invited to become a member of the exclusive brethren. The exclusive brethren was a cult that was set up by John Nelson Darby. Darby was a known Satanist, a Freemason, a member of several occult secret societies. His family owned the uh, Leap Castle, Leap Castle in Ireland, which was a place where uh, holy masses were held by Satanists 
where people were sacrificed. It is literally officially labeled the most haunted uh, um, building in all of Ireland. That was owned by Darby's family. What did you so call this, it? Leap. Uh, Leap, Leap Castle. Okay. Leap Castle. It was on, it was on an episode of Ghost Hunters one time. Oh, oh okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. So Darby was a very dark, very nefarious figure. In his writings, he constantly uses all sorts of theosophic occult language, New Age language that has nothing to do with the Christian faith or the Bible. But he intermingles both of them. From the exclusive brethren, listen, this is very important. People have mm -hmm. to understand this. What this exclusive brethren cult did. From them came forth Alistair Crowley, who was probably the most notorious uh, Satanist or occultist in the world. He, was, he, he called himself the beast of revelation. He was so perverse. He was so wicked. He literally encountered a demon that told him that he would be the prophet of a new religion, etc. Alistair Crowley was like a celebrity of the occult, a celebrity of Satanism. He was, he was born and raised in the exclusive brethren, that cult. Anyway, this John Nelson Darby, this occultist, this Freemason Satanist whose family owned a castle where um, people were sacrificed. You know, this guy invented a new doctrine, a new theology that he called dispensationalism. This doctrine was exported from Ireland to America and the Rothschilds, the Satanist lineage who, whose vision is world domination, Keep listening, guys. I'm saying this to, to, to the audience because I'm, I'm, I'm sharing a lot of information and all, it'll, it'll take time for people to process this, but I'm just shooting out all the stuff now. Mm -hmm. The Rothschilds financed the publishing of this Bible that was compiled by an, a convicted own uh, a criminal. And it's interesting mm -hmm. that he was... He was convicted for forgery. Well, he completely forged the Christian faith. He added more than 400 footnotes to this Bible that injected a completely different mindset into Christianity. This mindset completely hijacked the whole Christian faith. I shared how the first missionaries abolished darkness, expelled evil, and started establishing a completely new world where orphans are taken care of, where, where widows are taken care of, where there's people, you know, where righteousness was increasingly um, introduced into society. This came to an abrupt halt. halt. This was completely sabotaged by this Scofield Bible. Because this Bible suddenly told Christians in America, it told them, you guys have no right to rule and reign. Shut up and sit down and wait for a rapture. You guys are no kings. You are not sons of God. You just are a bunch of churchgoers who have to wait to get the hell out of here because darkness is too powerful for you. That's literally what it says. This doctrine started saying, yeah, you know, uh, don't walk with Christ now. Don't, don't walk 
in his presence because he's not here, he's in heaven, far away somewhere. And you're just a bunch of orphans wandering around waiting until you can go to heaven. I'm, I'm saying it as a caricature, but it is the mm -hmm. very heart of this theology. It said, don't influence society. Don't influence politics. Get out of there. You have no business in there. And basically what Rothschilds did through this Bible is say, we are the ones who are going to rule and reign. And so listen, they had a vision for world dominance. They wanted to dominate the world, but they knew we have to kick out these Christians first. We have to shut them down. We have to, you know, make them ineffective so that they will no longer stand in our way. So what did they do? They used Schofield, who was a puppet, you know, he was directed, he was instructed, he was, they always work with puppets. They are behind the scenes and they use public figures. This new doctrine said that Christians have no business trying to set the world free from evil because they said the Bible prophesies that evil will rule the whole world. So what's the right. use of trying to cast out evil if God himself says that evil is going to rule the world? And they started mistranslating keywords in the Bible. They started jerking single sentences or even fractions of Bible verses out of their context, manipulating it, putting it in a completely different context to present this new doctrine to Christianity. They said this world is destined to be ruled by us. This world is destined to be ruled by darkness. There's going to be an antichrist who's going to rule everyone. There's, there's you know, evil is going to take over. So you Christians, shut up and sit down and stop trying to deliver humanity from evil. And they did. That's what happened. From the moment that this doctrine started spreading in Christianity, the whole powerful, transformational, delivering force of the people of God was shut down. And the wicked started taking their place. They started, and, and you know, this is only, I'm talking about a little over a century. People nowadays, they think that everybody in Christianity has always believed in the rapture and in the second coming of Christ and in the uh, worldwide rule of evil that will um, that will proceed all of that that's not true christianity has never believed any of this for 90 percent of history this was you know darby is literally the one who injected the idea of a rapture and the brethren pride themselves they said we are the ones who found this we are the ones who have brought us into existence and so what happened this was a literal hijacking of the people of God, disarming them and making them the most irrelevant, the most powerless, the most poor, the most ineffective people in the earth. Who also uttered the most false prophecies of everyone, because since that doctrine came into the church, you had tens of thousands of pastors who and, 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 and you know, people in the church who had visions and prophecies and dreams, you know, and revelations 
Now it's going to happen. Now the rapture is going to happen. And for over a century, every single year, tens of thousands of false prophecies have been perverting and crippling and deceiving hundreds of millions of Christians worldwide. None of those prophecies ever came to pass. None of the people who, ut who, usher, um, who uttered them ever uh, repented or apologized. They just keep moving. It's a year ahead, another year ahead, another year ahead. You know, in 1980, the world would be destroyed and the rapture would happen. Um, in 1948, you know, with Israel and, and, and in 2000 and in 2012 and every single year, if you go to YouTube, You'll find hundreds of videos that say in 2022, it's going to happen. They said the same thing about 2021, 2020, 2019, 18, 17, 16, every year. The evangelical Christian church has become the number one false prophet on earth. Wikipedia has long lists of false prophecies ushered, um, uttered by the main leaders of evangelical, evangelical Christianity, like Pat Robertson and, and, and Billy Graham and all these guys who always said, now it's going to happen. Repent because Christ is going to return. This whole doctrine was never a part of, the, of Christianity. Historically, the Christian church knew Christ is in our midst. He lives in us by his spirit. We are his, his, his living temple. He dwells inside of us. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he has called us to set humanity free from evil and to expand the kingdom of God. They were a marching army that, who, who gave their life. You know, all the missionaries went out to Africa. Many were killed, but they, they knew we are here to end the, the reign of evil and to establish the reign of Christ. So they had a royal mindset. This was aborted. This was sabotaged. This was completely hijacked by a man who was a known Satanist, a known Freemason whose family owned the, owned the most haunted satanic uh, castle in all of Ireland, who is known for constantly using occult language in, in all his writings. He, I mean, from his cult, the exclusive brethren, came forth Alistair Crowley, the most well-known Satanist in the world or occultist, you know. The, uh, he inspired... Um, Schofield, who was a convicted criminal, who was a known fraudger, you know, um, forger. He was chosen to become the mouthpiece of the Rothschilds and other entities, Satanists, who said, we are now going to stop the march of Christianity. We are going to kick them out of the way so that we can accomplish our goal of world domination. And if you look at the world, there are very, 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 very few Christians who have a voice in society. And that is the direct result of this. And so what happens is that, you know, and I know that many people will be shocked when I say this, but I've been studying this for 15 years. I found all the wrong Bible translations. The reason I'm doing stop world control is because God changed my mind. Instead of being a person who didn't want to put children on the earth because I was taught, uh, told that uh, the Antichrist would come and everything would go down the drain, I thought I'd better not put children on the earth. Now I have four amazing children who all love God with all their hearts. They've encountered angels. They've been in heaven. They, they, they hear the voice of God, you know, and I know that God has an amazing plan with them. He wants to use them to deliver the world, to heal his creation. To do what Jesus said, 
cast out evil spirits, heal the sick, stop all the corruption, cast out evil, you know, establish my kingdom. You're going to reign with me. That's what he said. So anyway, so I do stop world control because I know I'm not here to sit around and allow these Satanists to run God's beautiful creation. I'm not here to sit and wait for an easy escape while I wash my hands in innocence in heaven and just look down upon the billions of people who are slaughtered and devoured by demons. I'm like, no, Jesus didn't call me to be a coward, a selfish coward who only waits to be raptured while everybody else is overwhelmed by darkness. That's not why Christ gave his life. That's not why he died on the cross. That's not why he poured out his spirit. That's not what God has intended for us. When God sent the Hebrews out of Egypt, he delivered them. And he sent them to the promised land. He didn't say, yeah, you guys just wait around here and I'm going to bring paradise on earth for you. No. He said, you guys go into the promised land. Have faith in me. Trust in me, I'm with you. But you are going to kill those demonic hybrids. Those fallen angels who brought forth giants who demanded child sacrifice. He said, you, Joshua, and you, my people, you are going to kill all of them because they are so perverse. You know, the flood happens to wipe out that perverse generation because those hybrids, the fallen angels, who had um, sex with human women, they brought forth beings that were the direct fruit of extreme rebellion and perversion. So these entities had no conscience. They were monsters. If you read about giants, I've seen, I, I mean, I've literally watched an Indian chief from America, a native Indian, say that the, gi the giants who roamed in America, they just plucked people up, they pulled off their head and drank their blood just like we drink a, a beer. You know, these entities were so perverse and God said, you have to wipe them out. Each and every one of them. Joshua didn't do it. He only killed part of them and then allowed Hebrew women to marry those people. And so they brought that same dark dark evil into Israel. And that's why Jesus then said later to the leaders of Israel, you guys are children of hell. You guys are children of the serpent. You're vipers. You know, so this, this, this perversion, these dark uh, entities had become the rulers in Israel. And the true prophets were always killed. The true prophets were always murdered. You know, and, 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 and so, but Jesus came to restore the original plan that God had with his people. Go and have dominion over all my creation. Jesus said the same thing. I mean, God said it to the Hebrews, go and deliver humanity from these demonic hybrids. And I'll be with you. Jesus said to his people the same thing. Go and cast out evil spirits. Go and deliver humanity. Go and make all the nations, all the people, my friends who know me, show them that there's a God who loves them, that there's a God who has a plan with this world. Show them that there is a purpose for my creation. And so, you know, 
But the Rothschilds injected this other theology that said, no, 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 no. You guys have no business ruling and reigning this world. This world is going to be destroyed. This world is going to be ruled by evil. So just step aside and let us have our way. And the Christians said, yeah, have your way. Because this is what the Bible says. That their Bible was mistranslated. That scriptures were taken out of context. They had no idea. And, you know, so my whole message with all of this is very simple. It's an answer to your mm -hmm. original question. Yeah. What about elections? What about healthcare? What about governments? At this moment, all of that is ruled and reigned by the wicked. But that's not a final um, situation. That's only a temporary crisis. Many of us have heard the word the Great Awakening. And what you see is that there is an army of people worldwide, children of the light, people who love God. And many of them are Christians, but many of them don't consider themselves to be part of the Christian religion, which Jesus has never established. Jesus didn't come to establish a religion. He came to break the stronghold of evil over all of humanity and to bring the reign of good and love in humanity. Well, and didn't he also say that he was here to fulfill the law? Yeah. yeah. He, came, he, came, he came to end the law and to say, now the only thing that's going to be your hallmark is going to be my love, that you love one another, that you're friends, that you care about one another. That you don't abuse one another, don't betray one another, don't, don't see other people as someone that you can use for your purposes. No, he said, if you tr truly love one another, if you're really brothers and sisters, that's going to be your hallmark and that fulfills the whole law. You know, he made things so simple and so real. And, you know, I see people now all over the world who love God with all their heart and mind, only they don't always call him God. Because religion has portrayed God in a way that they don't want to have anything to do with that. But they love the light. They love truth. They love creation. They love to be in community. They love, you know, um, healthy living. They love peace, rest and harmony. All these things are God. All these things are Christ. And I believe that Millions upon millions of them, when they understand that Jesus didn't come to establish a religion, he was murdered by the religious ones. And every true servant of God throughout history has always been persecuted by the religious leaders, always. And I've had the same experience. Yeah, I was going to ask every you, how do, how do people, when you say these things, it obviously it, it, it's counter to a lot of what you know, people have been told in church and taught and everything like that. How do people react to you? There are two kinds of people. Now, well, generally, there are people who it's, I can say so much about this. There are so many different types of people, but there are two reactions. Okay. The first group reacts out of fear or out of a demon, because this doctrine is literally concocted in the mind of Satanists, okay? 
So it, it, it is extremely demonic in its, in its roots, in its, in its nature, and in how it's, it's being spread. You know, so there, are, there is a reaction of fear. Suddenly people see their comfortable worldview crash. That creates fear, mm -hmm. which is understandable. I had fear. When I started understanding this, I was shocked. I remember one night I talked to a pastor and he told me, David, do you know that this whole theology that says that Christ will return and he will sit in a stone temple in Israel, in Jerusalem, and that he will be a world dictator who will force everyone against their will to worship him? There's no love involved in that. There's no spiritual rebirth involved of that, in that. But that's what this doctrine says. Christ is going to sit in Jerusalem in a stone temple. And everybody who wants to see him and meet him or worship him will have to travel to Jerusalem to see him in that temple. This pastor told me, David, do you understand that this is literally bringing people back to the situation of the old covenant? While Jesus gave his blood and he gave his life and he was slaughtered, literally tortured and beaten to death. He gave everything he had, his life, his mind, his love. He left heaven behind. He, was, he, he suffered so greatly. We, we can't even begin to express that in our words. He gave everything, his blood and his very life and his body to end that horrible old covenant. Because God doesn't want to be separated from people. He doesn't want people to have to travel thousands of miles to worship him in some stone temple. The stone temple was destroyed. And this pastor said, David, Jesus gave his life so that we could now be the temple. So that we could be the dwelling place of God. So that we could worship him everywhere we go. So that he could be Emmanuel, God with us. I will be your God. You will be my people. I will be amongst you. And from within you, I will restore the world. You will be the light to the nations. You will be the light in the world. And I will dwell with you. I will make my abode with you. No, 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 say the Rothschilds. Stop saying that. None of that. We want a political kingdom. We want a military kingdom. We want a political dictator on a throne in Jerusalem. And that's what the zealots wanted in ancient Israel. That's why Judas betrayed Jesus. Because he wanted that. He wanted Jesus to be this military political leader who would set them free from the Romans. Jesus didn't. He said, my kingdom is not from this world. My kingdom is inside of you. It's only, you, you can only see it by the spirit. You can only see it when you're born again from above by the spirit of God. It's a supernatural dimension where God rules in your heart, where he transforms you. What use is it if the world is rid of the Romans, if the people themselves stay evil, selfish, and corrupt? And that brings us to what we talked about. Why isn't Bill Gates arrested? I've been thinking, you know, in essence, even if Gates and Fauci are arrested, what difference would it make? It's kind of the they same thing that you just meant to said a minute ago, where if, if the Romans were defeated, what, what, what difference is it going to make if, if it's, exactly. you know, I get you. So what, so what Jesus said, he said, my kingdom is not visible. 
you can say it's here or there. You can go to it. He said, my kingdom is amongst you. It's within you. It's in your heart. You become a new creation. You become a new. You, you experience this new birth where you are born again from the father and where you change, you shift from the realm of darkness, shoof into the realm of the light and you leave the darkness behind. That's how God restores his creation by people who truly submit to him and say, I want to be a child of the light. I want to be a son or a daughter of the most high God. I want to be one who loves goodness, who adores truth and light and who hates evil and who casts out darkness and who establishes the realm of of goodness in this world you know that's what jesus said he never said that his kingdom is a political kingdom but let me say something else i've been freaking out people a lot i'm going to freak them out even more all right why did the rothschilds invent this doctrine that we have to wait for a political military christ who will sit in jerusalem if you go to the web page, I'm going to freak some people out right now. Goodness gracious. Have mercy, okay? Ask the Holy Spirit to help you process all of this. I needed 15 years for it, and I'm dumping all of it on you in one hour. <laughs> so, but the United Nations, listen carefully. The United Nations, they have a world prayer that is translated in 80 languages. It was received by an occult medium who was the founder of the Lucas Trust, who I heard was previously called the Lucifer Trust. They talk about love. They talk about God and Christ and goodness all the time. It's a bunch of Satanists. But they know nobody would accept us if we worship Satan publicly. So we have to talk their language. We have to say the words that will appease them. We'll, we have to lure everybody, lull everybody asleep, you know. And so this world prayer is prayed by the United Nations. And it's supported and spread by them. It's prayed by uh, governments in over 80 nations and probably many more. It was uh, received by this occult medium, I forgot the name, uh, in 1946 after the world war, right before the establishing of Israel, which was by the way, financed by the Rothschilds again, okay? Okay. So this prayer, this world prayer says, I don't know it by heart, but I'll just summarize it. It invokes the coming of the Christ who will, who will be sent from the heart of love from God. And he will bring peace to the earth. Something like that. It's a beautiful prayer. Every Christian pastor could pray it. Every Christian could put it on their wall. It's a beautiful prayer. It's more beautiful than most pastors can pray. Bluntly. But it's inspired by a very dark demon. By a fallen angel. The, the ultimate agenda of the United Nations. This is also written in the Protocols of Zion. This is written in, in, in many sacred texts of the elites. Their ultimate goal is to save humanity, deliver humanity from all the tyranny that they themselves create by bringing on the stage 
Jesus Christ. Who was prophesied in the scriptures to come down from heaven and save us all. While Christ himself said, I dwell inside of you. My kingdom is not political or military. You are my temple. You are children of the heavenly Jerusalem. The old Jerusalem is destroyed. Paul said God doesn't dwell in buildings made by hands of man. We are being built by the spirit to be a habitation of the most high God. So Jesus said the exact opposite. But the Rothschilds brought this doctrine to the church because they want to dominate the whole world. And they know if we first create a few decades of tyranny and then have this world, they call him the world teacher. And they've infiltrated Islam. They've infiltrated Judaism. And so the, all the main religions in the world have the same expectation. This Messiah will come down from heaven. He will unite humanity and he will be our savior. So that is their agenda behind all of this. And it's official. You can see it on, on the website of the United Nations, on the website of the Lucas Trust. It's written in their sacred texts. It is what, it's what they're yeah, preparing for. But God never said that he would bring poof paradise out of heaven. He said, you guys are my representatives. You guys are my warriors. You are my world changers. You heal the people. You end all the corruption. I dwell in your midst. I am your hiding place. I am your strong tower. I am your shield. I strengthen and I help you. And through you, I will restore my creation. And throughout the whole Bible, the promise is always the wicked will be destroyed and the righteous will inherit the earth. So then, of course, you have questions, but what about the scriptures that talk about the destruction of heaven and earth? Well, Jesus Christ said to his followers, heaven and earth is going to pass away, so flee to the mounds. What the heck? I've never heard such nonsense. Jesus, are you out of your mind? How can you flee to the mountains if heaven and earth is going to be destroyed? But Jesus was talking to Jews in their Jewish language. They knew exactly what he was talking about. The leading Jewish historian, and by the way, Jesus said, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. And then a yeah. few days later, he says, oh, uh, by the way, the earth is going to be destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh. I thought we were going to inherit the earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I changed my mind. You know, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So the leading Jewish historian is called uh, Joseph uh, Josephus. Uh, no, Flavius Josephus. I'm thinking about something. So Flavius Josephus. He was the leading Jewish historian. And he said that the Jews called the temple heaven and earth. The temple was called heaven and earth. Also, Israel was called heaven and earth. When Moses addressed the people of Israel, the Hebrews, he literally called them heaven and earth. He said, listen to me, heaven. Open your ears, you earth. When Isaiah addressed Judah and Jerusalem, he said, this is a message from the Lord to Judah and Jerusalem. Listen to me, heaven. Listen to me, earth. So Israel, the covenant, 
and the temple were called heaven and earth. So Jesus was talking about the coming destruction of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple in Matthew 24 and Matthew 23. So he was announcing the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple, which was the end of the old covenant. Jesus didn't come to destroy the world. And this is where we come to some key mistranslations in the scriptures where you see that in the Greek, the, Jesus always used the word or, you know, how it was translated into the Greek from Armenian, but the word aeon. And aeon means, and this is a key to understand all of this, aeon means a period of time, an age, a time frame that is part of many, 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 many different time frames many different ages, all throughout history, during the course of time. That's what the Strong's Concordance says. Jesus never said the world's going to end. He said the, the current time frame is going to end. And what was the time frame he was in? The age of the old covenant with the stone temple and the stone Jerusalem, where people were said by God to have hearts of stone they didn't want to listen to him and and throughout the prophets god had constantly announced a new age a new era not the occult new age but just a new time frame a new covenant he said behold i'm going to do something new forget the old don't even think about the old i'm going to do something new will you even you know acknowledge it he said i'm going to make a new covenant with you i'm going to give you hearts of flesh I'm going to pour out my spirit in you. You're going to be in my dwelling place. I'm going to make all things new. The old is going to pass away. Something brand new is going to come. And he said, that's going to happen when the Messiah comes, when Christ comes. So that's, God has been announcing the end of the age for thousands of years throughout all his prophets. And he said, this will happen when the Christ comes to the scene. He will end the old covenant and he will start a new covenant. And in this new covenant, you will no longer hate me. You will no longer rebel against me, but you will know me because my spirit will be inside of you. And you will be my people. I will be your God. So when Jesus came, he talked about that all the time. He said, the end is near. Now, this current ion, this age is going to come to an end. And he said, now is the time that Israel will be judged for murdering all the prophets, even from the start of Cain and Abel. All the blood that has been poured out on the earth has been crying out for revenge. And Jesus said, now the time has come. Now this is the end of this military and, and you know, this, this nation of Israel. And he said, now I'm going to birth, I'm going to bring forth a completely different nation where everyone who believes in me will be a child of God. That's why John said, all who believe in him, they become sons of God. And John said, people don't become children of God by their descendants or by, you know, um, by the will of a man. He said, people become children of God when they accept the Messiah, the Christ 
came to break the yoke of darkness off of humanity and to open up a new world in which God dwells in our heart, where we are new creations born by the Spirit, where, where we know God heart to heart, face to face, where we can experience, hear his voice, uh, be in his presence, and where we have ongoing eternal fellowship with him. And these are the people of God. And that's why Paul said, you know, it's not about the slave who was the stone Jerusalem. He said, we are children of the free mother, the heavenly Jerusalem. We are born of God himself. We are not under any law. And so, you know, so Jesus came to end an era. But the enemy has come and influenced the Bible translations where in our Bibles we, we read that Jesus announces the end of the world. That's a bunch of baloney. He didn't come to end the world. He came to end the old covenant and to usher us in to a new era, a new time frame, a new covenant. You know, and so now we are in the time where we can experience God. We don't have to go to Jerusalem to worship God. We are the heavenly Jerusalem. Paul said, you guys are the, the houses where God dwells. You guys are the city of God. You guys are the place where the presence of the most high is. He's in you and he's among you. And this is the greatest fear of the ruling elites that the people of God would understand this, that they would begin to understand, I'm not here to wait for an escape. I'm not here to give society out of my hands. I am here to establish love, goodness, truth, kindness, justice, righteousness, freedom as the very heart and foundation of our world. I am here to expel darkness, to expose all the corruption, and to cast it out of our world, and to build a world where the people live in freedom and safety. And this has nothing to do with religion. Some people say, well, I'm not religious, so I praise God. I'm not religious either. Jesus was murdered by the religious ones. The prophets were murdered by the religious ones. All the sons of God throughout history are always persecuted, opposed by the religious ones. Jesus didn't come to establish religion. He is not a statue in the church. He is the one who came to break the occult, satanic reign over the earth and to establish a new dimension. But it works through his spirit who convicts people in their hearts. You know, the Rothschilds said to the church through the Schofield Bible that they financed, they, 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 they said to the church, you don't worry about politics. You don't worry about economics. You don't worry about business. You don't worry about healthcare. You don't worry about education. You don't worry about any of that. It's all going down the drain anyway. It's destined to be ruled by evil. So step aside, let us do everything. And you just wait. And when Jesus comes, he'll fix everything for you. Isn't that great? Isn't that easy? So you just sit in church, sing your beautiful hymns, give your tithes and wait and wait. And wait some more. And if you die and you waited for nothing, well, teach your children to wait. And they will wait. And they'll keep waiting. And then they'll teach their children to wait. And they'll be waiting again. 
and wait. And, you know, they want the church to be in this perpetual, never-ending waiting mode so that they can have full reign. Well, Jesus said, you go out and you save the world. You are the light of the world. You are kings and you're going to reign with me. Cast out all evil spirits. Heal the sick. And that's what the church did for 90% of church history until the Rothschilds, bomb brought dispensationalism into the church. They hijacked everything and now they have free reign. And I believe that we are in a time where God says to his children, stop being these, these people who listen to the doctrines of demons because it is literally, I mean, Darby was a Satanist and he is the father of dispensationalism. His family owns, uh, owned the most haunted house in the whole, you know, in, in all of Ireland where people were sacrificed during satanic holy masses. You know, it's, 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 Jesus says, you know a tree by its fruit. What is the fruit of this whole new doctrine? That it made Christians the most irrelevant, most ineffective, poorest people in the whole world. You know, one day God spoke to me in my home in the Netherlands. And he said, David, Christians have become, and I'm translating from Dutch, so I don't want to insult anyone. But in a literal translation from Dutch, it is, Christians have become the most retarded people in the whole world and retarded in the sense of they are being left behind and not left behind like those famous books that were financed you know i believe that many of these books were spread into christianity by the cabal literally but christians have become the most left behind people in the whole world they don't lead in politics. They don't lead in finances. They don't lead in healthcare. They lead in nothing. Most Christian movies are just so bad that it's hard to, to watch them till the end. You know, and God said that is because of the doctrine of the return of Christ, of the physical return of Christ. Because my people have been told to wait. Wait for the solution. Wait for the salvation. Wait for me to do everything. Why I have called them to do it. He sent Joshua to kill the giants. Jesus sent his followers to cast out the evil spirits. We are the ones who are called to rise up and to represent the Father and to be with Christ and walk with Christ and to learn to... Oops. Oh, there you are. We lost ah, you for yeah. a second. Yeah. <laughs> and to, you know... I started talking about the, the spiritual nature of the absolute rulers who are behind the scenes and they are the ultimate puppet masters. How can we defeat them if we refuse to walk in the power of the spirit of God? How can we defeat them if we do everything in our own strength? I used to be a stutterer. I had a severe handicap, I couldn't speak. I went to psychologists, psychiatrists, speech therapists, nobody could help me. In my church, I was taught that the power of God was from Satan. You know, the enemy always turns everything around. And so I came to Christ and I had divine experiences. I saw heaven, I saw the hands of God who lifted me up. I experienced angels, I had supernatural encounters. But then I came in church and, and they said, oh, we are just a bunch of weak, poor, old people, you little herd. 
we have nothing, we don't know nothing, and we just have to wait for Christ to come and save us from this hell on earth. And then God started speaking to me. He said, if you don't leave that church, I will not be able to fulfill my plan with your life. So I left. It was hard, struggled, but I obeyed. And then he started bringing me in, in touch with people who were filled with the Holy Spirit, who experienced the power of God. And I struggled. I struggled. I searched the scriptures. I had to break loose from indoctrination, from, from lies in my mind. And then suddenly I, I came with people who prayed for me for hours. And I saw Jesus. There he was standing in front of me. And he spoke to me. And I felt so much power. Later, when I came into a church where the presence of God is welcomed, where the spirit of God is allowed, where people don't run their own thing, but where they surrender. There was a South African pastor who changed my life. During worship, they felt that God wanted to speak, so they shut up. They, they stopped singing their songs and they waited in the presence of God. And then suddenly I started feeling this urge and I started hearing God and he said, go to the front and say this. I was terrified because I, 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 I stuttered very bad. Sometimes I tried calling people on the phone and when they picked up, I couldn't say a word. Sometimes there've been times where I tried having a, a conversation. I couldn't, and I came home crying and I used to beat my, you know, smash my head into the wall of my room. In frustration because I could not speak and I was so frustrated. Why can I not speak? Why can I not get this sound from my throat? Sometimes I pulled my tongue. Why don't you function? You know, I had I, I stuttered severely. I had a very severe stutter. I was literally very handicapped. And so I came in, in that church and during these moments of, of surrender to the presence of God, the Holy Spirit started speaking to me and saying, go to the front, take the microphone, and say this. And I was like, you have to be kidding, Lord. You have got to be kidding me. But I obeyed because I couldn't. I, 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 you know, the first time I was in that church, they, they, they just, there was this lady who came to me. She grabbed my arm. She dragged me to the front. She gave me the microphone and she said, they will speak. I was like, what? The first time I tried to do this, right after my conversion, after I had met Christ in my previous church, they had this testimony Sunday. I had the same experience there. Go and share what you've been experiencing with God. So I went to the front. Later, an elderly lady came to my mother and she said, will you please, please make sure that David never does that again? Because I couldn't understand a single word he was trying to say. That's how bad my study was. Next time it happened, uh, an Elderly lady dragged me by my arm and put me in front of the microphone. I took the microphone and started speaking. My whole body started trembling under the power of God. I felt this tingling sensation over my whole body. The whole church started uh, applauding, jumping up and down. I, I, I have no idea what I said, but the words <laughs> flowed out of my mouth and I never stuttered. From that moment on, I was being asked in churches to go and preach. I still stuttered in daily life. I stood there. Sometimes I was weeping, terrified, so afraid, like I was in a church in England. And they asked me to, to, to preach. I was like, you know, I, I, I stood weeping in the front. They then said, David, come, come, come. I went to the front and the same happens. God just took over and he started flowing through me. 
and you know people got healed people ran to the front i've i've had pastors you know run up to the front and say out loud i'm addicted to pornography please help me i've had people run to the front and say i'm struggling with this and with that i've had so many people manifesting demons and i just cast those demons out i had i've done conferences in the netherlands where i didn't prepare anything not a word not a song nothing god told us david let go let me be god be weak be vulnerable and let me do it and then his presence came and after every conference i got about 50 emails with testimonies where people got healed and set free and were changed so i learned i came from a background where i was indoctrinated not to surrender to the presence of god not to live in the spirit of god not to experience the power of god and i was weak my heart was burning to tell the world about this God who had saved me from darkness, but I couldn't, I couldn't speak. And then the spirit of God came upon me because people prayed for me and I saw Jesus and I, I started understanding. I'm now experiencing what the apostles experienced, the reality of a God who is amongst us, who heals us and who uses our weakness to bring his power to the people. And I've been, you know, in the house of a man. He was, he was a Reiki, a Reiki master. So he was an occult minister, and uh, he had seen my wife on Christian television. He gave her testimony, and he invited us to come and visit him because he was amazed by the radiance from the eyes of my wife. So we went into into his house, and he sat there, and he said. The moment you walked into the door, I felt a whirlwind sweep through my house. He said, my entire spine is on fire. And he said, I've never experienced such a power in my entire life. And then he, you know, so I was stunned. And he said, I'm sitting here. And he said, usually I do the talking. But he said, you talk now. And then he looked me in the eyes and he said, Gosh, I can see in your eyes that you hear God. And I'm like, here I am, this Christian, persecuted by the church. My own pastor told me I was uh, yeah, deceived by Satan because I had been filled with the Holy Spirit. All these Christians who attacked me for totally giving up everything to follow Jesus, and here I come with this occult guy and he says, you know, God, you hear God. I can see it. I can feel it. Talk to me, man. That was amazing. He gave his life to Christ right away. Then he, you know, I started talking there and then I, I, I heard the Lord say, David, before you talk, pray out loud, bind every evil spirit here, cast them out and declare my authority over this house. I said, Lord, you're crazy. You know that I can do this. These people haven't heard a single word. They know nothing yet. Do it. Okay. So I said, is it okay if I pray first? Because Yeah, before I start talking. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. It's interesting. So I pray out loud, out loud and I say, I bind every evil spirit. I cast you out. I declare the authority and the reign and the rule of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings over this household. Darkness, you shut up because Jesus is here. Something like that. I open my eyes. This man looks at me with eyes bowling out of his head. He looks at his wife. He said, what did you do? 
My wife is healed. I was like, what? Yeah, she's been sick for 20 years. Look at her. Look at her. She's healed. She was radiating. She was like beaming. He said, I've tried this for, for decades. I mean, these people were so, and this didn't happen because I went to Bible school, because I was so clever, because I prepared such a stunning sermon. This happened because I was broken and empty and the Holy Spirit worked through me. And so I know that the secret to save the world is not Christianity. It's not religion. It's not our systems, our plans, our ideas. It is God himself. It is the Christ inside of us whom we allow to manifest. Where we say, Lord, you have your way in me and through me. And you cast out this darkness. And you heal the people. You set the people free. And I believe that that is what's going to heal, heal this world. And, you know, I can say so many more things, but I'm going to stop here. <laughs> well, I tell you, man, um, we, that's what we said we wanted to do. We wanted to just kind of give you the floor and let you go. And man, that was a fire hose of information, David. Um, and I'll tell you, I mean, I, I know, I, I know, I know a lot of people out there that are going to hear this, um, are going to have a lot of questions, a lot of, you know, yeah. I, I'm not going to speculate on what people are going to think because I don't know. Um, but I will say this, it's given me a lot of questions. Um, and, uh, I just, man, it was just, um, just absolutely mind blowing to hear some of the things you talked about. And again, you know, I think, I think like with everything else, you know, we, we have all these people that come on our, our, our podcast and, and we always say, listen, you know, do your own research, look into the things that you hear, because the people that come on believe the things that they're saying, they believe what they're saying is, is from a place of, of goodness. And, um, and I do believe that the vast majority of people that have come on have, have been true to that. So, it, you know, for those who are out there listening, do your own research, look into the, some of the things that David's talking about. I know that um, some of it may be hard to hear. I mean, I know a lot of things, David, that you talked about, about who rules this world. That stuff is hard to hear and amongst other things. Yeah. But, but hey, you know, this, this man, um, I can tell you, this was, I know we're running up against our time and I know, I know that we're out of time. Um, just thanks for coming on and sharing all this because it was just yeah. fascinating to hear all of this, uh, come out of your mouth and, um, the experiences that you've had and what you're trying to do, it seems like it's coming from a very, very good place. So is there anything yeah. that you want to leave us with before we wrap up? Well, you know, I'm thinking that the reason I'm going all out, I'm not hiding anything. Yeah. I'm just saying it all. Is because we are in such serious time, we no longer have time to fool around. We no longer have time to mess around and being these immature children who are unwilling to be disciplined by the father. I, you know, when I gave my life to Christ, I had a, a, an experience that freaked me out. I was laying on my bed and suddenly, I heard the voice of, of Christ so loud. And it was a voice full of authority, a very stern voice, a very serious, powerful voice. And at the same time, it was full of love, joy, and peace. And I cannot describe that. There's no human voice who can do that. I mean, I can sound happy, and la, 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 or I can sound stern. But this voice was so stern and so joyful, and so loving, and so peaceful all at the same time. It was full of authority, and full of force, and still so calm. 
And this is what he said. You will be my prophet. That's all he said. I jumped off my bed. I ran down the stairs into the garden. <gasps> Blue sky. I did not hear that. I did not just hear that. I did not just hear that. And I pushed it away for years until I was in a church and the pastor said, David, I really see you as a prophet in our church. It's like, oh my God, no. You know, I had a completely wrong image of, of prophets. I was like, they are these wild, deserts dwelling madmen running around in, in animal clothes, hated by everyone, telling everybody doom and gloom and destruction. I was like, no way. Anyway, this pastor started saying these things to me. And then, you know, sometimes I said some things to him. I said, you know, I, 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 I feel this, I think that. And, and he said, David, that's God talking through you. And I said, well, okay. Obey them, do it then. And then he said, yeah, but the people who pay for the church, we cannot offend them. We have to be careful. We have to do things slow. You know, it's like a mammoth. You have to turn it around real slowly. And I felt in my spirit, no. None of the prophets ever said anything like that. Jesus never said, oh, guys, follow me. But, you know, take your time. Maybe in 30 years, you'll be ready for it. No, he said, leave everything behind and follow me. Or just basically, he said, drop dead. He said, go and bury your dead if you want, but then you can't follow me. He, you know, when Elijah came to Elisha, he threw his mantle over him. He was, Elisha was minding his own business, just plowing his field. Here comes this crazy guy throwing his mantle over him. Follow me. Elisha didn't say, well, let me do this, let me do that, blah, blah, blah. No, he burned, he killed his oxen. He burned his, his, his equipment. He gave some food to Elijah and he followed him. He, he, he left everything behind, you know? And so I, 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 I'm feeling that these Satanists, they are effectively setting up a new world order. Millions of people are dying as I speak from the vaccines. There is destruction raging through our world like never before. And the worst is yet to come. This is no time to play games. This is no time to hide. This is no time to fool around. If I lose a lot, a lot of, you know, I'm going to send this to my audience. If I lose many people, so be it. I'm not here to entertain immature people who are unwilling to be educated. I'm here because God, you know, my, my, my parents wanted to kill me. When I was in the womb, they both heard this voice from the realm of darkness that said, abort it. This baby should not live. It should be dead. They seriously considered removing me. Then my mother somehow said, no, I won't. I'll, I'll, I'll keep him. And then when I was born, she held me in, in her hands and she told me that when I was 20 years old or something. She said that she heard the voice of God saying, give this child a lot of love because I love him very much. Later, I went to, through so much trouble that I wanted to kill myself. 
I was sitting at the edge of a, a canal in Bruges in Belgium. I had a utility knife with me and I was ready to just slice my, my wrist. And I literally said, I did not choose to be born. Nobody asked my opinion. It's too painful. I'm gonna. St I'm. I'm just jumping off of this mad, crazy train right now. And then I heard a voice, David. Don't do it. God has a plan with your life. I had. I. I had pushed God aside for years. I saw the, hypocr the hypocrisy in the church, all the gossiping, all the fake, you know, all the religious nonsense. I. I, I was like, there's. I. I don't want that God. And then this voice spoke to me, David, God has a plan with your life. You know, many, many, many things happened. And I know I'm here for a reason. I know I'm here to kick people in the ass and say, stop reading false Bible translations that are being fed to you by Satanists. Stop hiding in the church while the world is dying all around you. I had an experience once in a church in the revival church, charismatic revival church. They always had these massive meetings, healings, miracles, wonderful, very good. But during one of those meetings, I saw an angel and he stood there at the back of the church and he looked at me. He had a face torn in grief. I cannot express that. He was looking with so much pain. He didn't say a word. All he did was point to the outside of the church where there was a marketplace. He didn't say anything. He just pointed outwards. And I broke my heart. You know, the grief I saw on the face of that angel was indescribable. And that was the start of my ministry. That same night, I gathered a group of young men. And I said, let's go out onto the marketplace. And that, that, that there was some sort of a festival going on. So we just started talking to people. And just saying, do you know that God has a plan with your life? You know, I didn't know what to say. I just started saying what I knew to say. God loves you. God has a plan with you. You're valuable. And that's where my ministry started. The grief on the face of that angel. And you know, we have to stop being so sensitive. Oh, you're stepping on my tones. Well, cut them off. You know, or harden your toes for crying out loud. <laughs> Learn to be challenged in the things that you have blindly, unquestioningly accepted and that have turned you into the most ineffective irrelevant person in the whole world. And I'm not saying that to hurt people. I'm saying it to, to shake you awake, to start thinking. I did 15 years of research and I'm going to finish with this. When I was talking to this pastor and he said, David, do you understand that this doctrine about that we have to wait for Jesus to come and sit in stone temple and to be a world dictator who's going to rule all of humanity against their will? That's what it says. It says Christ is going to kill everyone who resists He's going to murder them all. And only the perfect Christians will be able to survive. And everybody will have to go to him, worship him in that temple. He said, don't you realize that, that is the exact situation of the old covenant? That Jesus gave his blood and his life to lead us into the new covenant. Where we no longer have to go to a temple to worship God. But where we are the temple and, and he dwells in us. When he said that that night, it was 12.30 a.m. In the middle of the night. I was on the phone with him. I knew this is going to cost me everything. I, 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 you know, he said that and right away I knew this whole teaching that I have believed all of my Christian life, it, it's, it's, it cannot be true. 
because Jesus would never bring us back to the old covenant. He would never give up the intimacy with his beloved ones, dwelling with them, where they can be in his presence everywhere. And then telling them, no, I'm not really with you. Not really. I'm actually not with you. If you want to encounter me, you have to hop on the train and travel thousands of miles and then wait in line for days and then see me from a distance and wave at me. Hi, Jesus, in the temple. Oh, there are five million people behind you waiting. They also want to see Jesus. So, uh, so you know, this whole idea that Jesus is, is going to sit in a physical stone temple and if you want to encounter him, you have to go there. It is completely against everything Jesus has said and done. And I knew that night, I've been persecuted a lot in the church because I experienced God as a reality. And I said, guys, we have to stop playing games, stop playing church. We have to, you know, we have to step aside and allow God in our meetings to be God. And I was hated for that. I kicked up a storm in the church. Me, the stutter guy who couldn't speak. And then when I stepped on the platform, I disappeared and God stepped in. And I, I, I was just amazed. I was, I was like, man, this is incredible. But I knew when I'm going to even say this only thing that this pastor just told me, they're going to chop my head off. They're going to kill me. I'm going to lose everything. And then I, I, I made a choice. I said, Jesus, I've made a choice to follow you no matter what. I made a choice to give up everything for you. I, made, I committed my life to you. If I lose everything that I've ever built to have my ministry, and I had a very big ministry in Europe, I had the very first Christian website there. I've written eight books. You know, I had a thousand people in every conference I did. We had people come from, from miles away. People drove half a day to, to be in our conferences. I knew I'm going to lose everything, everything, when I start questioning this doctrine. And I knew nothing about it yet. And, only, and then started 15 years of research where God started speaking to me. And I said, Lord, if I lose everything, I lose it all. But I've, I've chosen to follow you. And that's why I, I'm now also saying, you know, I'm going all out because the world is in need. And if people have questions, you know, I appreciate and understand that people have questions. I had many questions. What I have no respect for is, is if people refuse to look into this and start name calling and accusing and playing Satan, who is the accuser of the brethren, where they start saying, you're a false prophet, you're a false teacher, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm exposing false prophets and I'm exposing false teaching. That's, uh, uh, you know, it's very different. But uh, so I encourage everyone to start asking the Holy Spirit. He's a spirit of truth. He will never deceive us. Just ask him, Lord, show me in all honesty, Willing to lose it all. And Jesus told me once, he said, David, don't build your life on, on, on your beliefs. Don't build your life on what's being told to you in a church. Don't build your life on that. Build your life on me. He said, I don't change. Opinions, beliefs, doctrines change all the time. You know, two centuries ago, all Christians in Europe believed that they had to pay for this, their place in heaven. And they had to earn their salvation. And Luther had to suffer greatly to show them you're saved by grace. But the universal church believed a complete false doctrine. 
it's nothing new for the church to be completely deceived and be infiltrated by the enemy. So, you know, it's, it's, if people have questions, I have, I have a study on my website. It's uh, on my Christian website. It's uh, godisreal.today slash return. Godisreal.today. That's the website. Okay. And the specific, and the specific post is slash return. So godisreal.today slash return. If people go to that URL, they'll find an article and many theologians and, and professors of theology have told me, David, this is the very best piece of uh, theological literature I've ever read on this topic about the return of Christ. So people can go there and see what the Bible really says about the second coming. See what the Bible really says about the end of, you know, the end times in the last days. And um, so, you know, yeah, so there are questions, but ultimately we have to ask the Holy Spirit. Have you called me to, to wait for an escape or, or are you calling me to be on your side and casting out evil from this world? Have you given your life, Lord Jesus, to bring forth a bunch of cowards who believe that they are not powerful enough for the enemy, that Satan is going to overcome everyone and that we have to wait to get out of here and let the whole world burn to their doom. Is that what you want from me, Jesus? Or did you give your life to make me a light in this world, to make me someone who helps deliver humanity from evil? You know, we have to ask these basic questions to Jesus. Jesus, are you locked up in heaven, far away from me? Are we waiting for you for 2,000 years? Have you been lying to your people for 50, for 50 generations? Were you lying to the first Christians in Jerusalem when you told them that they would see you coming on the clouds? They had to prepare for it. They would experience everything. They would stay alive until you came. Were you lying to those people, Lord Jesus? Have you been fooling Christians for the past 20 centuries, always telling them, wait for my coming, and you never came? Or is there something that we have been told that is not true? Is, can we learn something, Lord Jesus? You know, we have to ask these questions. Do you want us to be the weakest people in the world, or do you want us to be the most influential people in the world? If we ask the Holy Spirit these questions, then he will speak to us. And if, we, if, it, or if it causes more questions, well, you know, he appointed apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers. There are books out there that talk about this. There's a book. I haven't read it. I haven't read any book about this. All I know is what the Holy Spirit showed me. I've, I've read some pages in a few books. But m most of what I know is what the Lord showed me in scripture over the period of several years. And then, you know, talking to, to some other apostles and prophets has, has helped me. But uh, there, there is a book that's called Last Day's Madness. Everybody can buy it on Amazon. I haven't read it, but it's, it's supposed to be a very good book, Last Day's Madness. And that's a classic. That explains a lot. But... 
Again, ask the Holy Spirit, ask the Father, ask Jesus to give you sharp discernment. Jesus has eyes of fire that burn through every veil of darkness and deception and mask and theater. Ask him to give you those eyes, eyes of fire that burn through everything so you can see the core of things, see what's really going on. And he will, he will show you. Well, David, um, Amen. Thanks. Amen, man. Thanks for saying, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. And um, if you'd be so kind, just um, stay on with us for just a few minutes after we wrap up. But um, just with all that being said, David, God bless you, sir. Um, God bless all of you beautiful souls out there listening. God bless America and God bless all of humanity. Um, until next time, be safe and well.